0: The Islanders overcome some foolish penalties and get a 4-2 win over the Ottawa Senators. We have our key takeaways, including some players who were really shining and some who were struggling. We've got all of that covered and a lot more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Now for Ekblak. back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Price. Another spectacular stop. For tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson Marzell with the open net, and he scores. Yes, 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 yes. Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin, I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could join us today and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And thank you for making On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Lots to discuss on today's show, especially talking about the Islanders' 4-2 to win over the Ottawa Senators. But first, if there's something Islanders-related on your mind, if you have a question you'd like to ask, a comment about something we discussed, or maybe a topic you'd like us to talk about on a future show, Feel free to send us an email, the email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com, and if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game, so join me for some instant insight and analysis, and it's always great to interact with Islanders fans, game time and any time. So, the Islanders with a 4-2 win over the Senators, and I'll tell you, I was concerned coming into this game because... The Islanders have been struggling in first periods all year long, and historically, the Islanders have had their difficulties in matinee games. And this game wasn't exactly a matinee, but it wasn't exactly a uh, you know a regular starting time, 5:30 Eastern Time start mostly because the Senators wanted their fans to be able to watch the Daniel Alfredson Hockey Hall of Fame induction ceremony and, you know, have the, which pretty much started at eight o'clock Eastern Time last night, more or less when this game ended. And I'll say this, The Islanders got some strong performances, but this was not a great game by the New York Islanders. they Their goaltending was superb. Semyon Varlamov, 36 saves. But again, the Islanders allowed 38 shots to the Senators. And if you look at the shot chart, so many quality chances from in close that Varlamov really had to be on top of his game in order to pull out off the win and... Quite honestly, he was, and that was an extremely encouraging thing because, you know, the Islanders, they often do give up quality shots on a a number of shots on goal, but usually not high danger area shots. They may give up 38 shots, but six or seven of them are really dangerous scoring opportunities, whereas in this game, almost half of those 38 shots were quality chances and varley had to be fantastic and he was the the islanders also much to my surprise got the first goal of the game and you know like i said i was concerned about the time i was concerned about the uh you know when the game started and yet the islanders get a power play goal from oliver wallstrom who ends up putting the puck in the net, good to see, and, you know, it was a wicked shot. And that's the thing about Wally. Wallstrom has such a good shot, but it's the other aspects of his game that always concern you. He got this goal early, got the Islanders on the board, and that was huge, and it was a power play goal, and you just have to be, like, very happy about that. But... The Islanders got into some penalty trouble. And this was sort of a reoccurring theme in this game. Josh Bailey sat this one out. He was a scratch again. Uh, Possible message, possible trade, we don't know. But Bales sits out. Ross Johnston replaces him. Johnston takes a roughing penalty. Went after Shane Pinto. Okay, went after maybe a little strong. But Johnston and Pinto were talking in front of the bench. Johnston gave him a little cross-check or a little hit, uh, trying to sort of goad Pinto into taking either a roughing or a fighting penalty to match him. Pinto was smart, skated away. Johnston got the call. It was a little bit of a questionable call, but it ends up hurting the Islanders. And then... Uh, A little bit later, while they're trying to kill off the Ross the Boss penalty, Scott Mayfield gets a four-minute high-sticking penalty, double-minor, when when his stick hits Brady Kachuk, and the Isles are down to a lengthy five-on-three. Ottawa converts on the five-on-three on on a goal by Drake Batherson, and voila, we're all tied at one-and-one. And then later on in the game, in the third period, with the game only 2-1, to one, Kyle Palmieri takes a tripping call in the offensive zone. And, you know, that one really hurt because the Islanders, first of all, Palmieri had a great scoring chance himself on that play. And then after that, uh, takes a penalty for tripping in the offensive zone with the puck behind the Ottawa goal, you can't do that. You're trying to protect a one-goal lead early in the third period on the road, and it really set up another critical penalty kill for the Islanders. Thankfully, that was the last penalty they took in the game, and after they do kill it off, they get a power play opportunity, and J.G. Pajot scores. And the Islanders go up three to one. Overall, the the problems with the Islanders, we talked about them giving up too many quality scoring chances. And that was definitely an issue in this game. And the other thing was that the Senators' top line really had a little too much time and space. So Brady Kachuk, Claude Giroux. Uh, You know, those guys had a lot of time and space. And Giroux had a goal and an assist, and his goal was very pretty. Uh, But overall, this team needs to to just sort of play more of their defensive game in order to, to have a better chance at winning these hockey games. And look, Ottawa is a team that came into this with problems. They they are thin defensively because of injuries. They've been struggling as a team defensively. And yet the Islanders didn't take full advantage of the Senators' defensive issues. And good teams will do that. Now, again, good teams win hockey games when they're not playing their best. But you got to play your best a little more often, for lack of a better, better way to put it, than what the Islanders have been doing, and uh, hopefully that is something that this Islander team starts to do and do right away. Now, a lot of good from this game, and we'll talk about some of the highlights and the players that really did step up their game and allow the Islanders to, to win it. So we've got that, plus our Islanders birthday of the day and a whole lot more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at BetOnline. Betonline BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports, We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Well, the Islanders are red hot. They're about to embark on a four-game road trip. Do you think they'll continue winning? Check out the odds at BetOnline. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. So the Islanders played a solid game overall. There were some problems, and we talked a little bit about them. But let's talk a little bit more about the good stuff. We talked about Varlamov and how well he played. And it's not easy to play well when you're playing roughly every third game. J.G. Pajot, with a solid game, scored a goal. Uh, Always good to see Pajot do well when he returns to Ottawa, his former team, and had a solid game. Casey Sizikas, strong in the faceoff circle, winning 12 out of 18 draws. But how about Matthew Barzal? Barzi, two more assists in this game, three takeaways, a block shot, and a couple of shots on goal. Still waiting for that first goal. It was not a, it was not a dominant Barzell performance where he's skating circles around other players but two helpers he just continues to contribute to the offensive success of this hockey team and that is what you want your best and most dynamic offensive player to do. We talked about uh Brock Nelson now also getting a goal and okay, Nelson's goal was the empty netter that clinched it, but he's got nine goals now on the season, and also five shots on goal, leading the team. So Nelson continues to play well, continues to provide offense. Anders Lee with an assist, he continues to provide offense. But how about this guy, Noah Dobson? Dobby really coming up with Uh, A strong game, a goal, and an assist, a plus one, four shots on goal, second only to Brock Nelson, and he really is sort of uh, the engine that makes this Islander team click right now, especially offensively. Defensively, he's not playing badly, uh, but offensively, he was solid. One other player who was involved offensively, but again, defensively, not always there, Sebastian Ajo, and uh, he tied Brock Nelson with five shots on goal, but he was a minus one, and Aho, again, uh, you know, two hits, a block shot, solid game offensively, he was helping out offensively, but defensively, he still has his, his moments, and it really has more to do, I think, with his size, or lack thereof than anything else. It's not that Aho is not a smart hockey player. He just, at times, has difficulty positionally maintaining, you know, putting himself between the opposing player and the goal when the opposing forward is much bigger than he is. So that is a little bit of a concern for Sebastian Aho, but offensively solid. Problem lately, and I hate to even bring this up because I really like both of these guys. But Adam Pellick and Ryan Pulak, they're still darn good hockey players. Don't get me wrong. But they have not been playing their A game over the last week or so. Not that they've been terrible. They haven't been. But they have just had too many defensive breakdowns where they're a little bit out of position or they're turning the puck over uh over the course of the game especially when they're trying to leave their own zone this kind of uh breakdown is 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 just dangerous for the islanders because these are your two best defensemen these are the two players you're counting on probably more than anybody to make sure that they uh, are, are stopping the opposing team's best players. And, you know, we talked earlier today about how much time and space the top line, especially for the Senators, had in this game. And it's the job of your top defense pair, more often than not, Pelic and Pulak, to, to just be the guys who prevent the opposition's best players, your Claude Giroux, uh, your Alex Debrinkets. Uh, it's the job of your top defensive pair to shut down the most dangerous players on the other team. And right now, I- I'm not saying they're bad, but they're just not playing their best hockey. And I wouldn't say they're like hurting the team in a big way, but they're not playing their A game. They're sort of a B minus right now. And hopefully it doesn't stay that way for too much longer and Pelic and Pulak sort of get their A game back and find a way to start to be the shutdown top pair defense that this team relies on so very much. So, Overall, a good win. is. I mean, is there such thing as a bad win in the NHL? Probably not. And and for the Islanders, here's the good news. 11-6, 22 points through 17 games. Two points behind New Jersey in the race for first place right now in the Metropolitan Division. Now, the Devils have two games in hand. The Devils are 12-3 right now. Not sure they'll be able to keep playing at that high a level, but the Islanders picking up points early. And look, we talked about the games they had against the Coyotes, the Blue Jackets, and the Senators as being three teams who are really struggling right now. And they got four out of the six points. I would have liked at least five, but I'll take four out of the six points. And the Islanders just now head on a four-game road trip. They're going to be in Nashville, Dallas, uh, and Toronto for the last three games of this road trip after facing Ottawa in Ottawa last night. Get me another four points uh, in the last six games of this road trip, and I think I'll be very, very happy. So... The Islanders pick up the two points, play a solid overall game, and, you know, if they just didn't take those foolish penalties and tighten things up a little bit in this the uh, neutral zone and the defensive zone, I think they'd have uh, an even better performance. But Varley's strong play, encouraging. Barzal, encouraging. Dobson, encouraging. And overall, the Islanders just finding ways to win hockey games, and that's what you need to do. We have got more to get to on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. We have our Islanders birthday of the day. Uh, A defenseman from the late 90s who didn't play long with the Islanders, but certainly did contribute when he did. We've got that and some final thoughts about last night's game and a lot more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. If you've thought about securing your home with home security, but you've been putting it off, you'll want to listen up. Right now, Locked On Islanders listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. Here's why I love it. In an emergency, you've got 24-7 professional monitoring agents using Fast Protect technology, which is exclusively from Simply Safe, and it captures critical evidence and verifies that a threat is real so you can get priority police response. Simply Safe is whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and out, smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And. Yesterday, Monday, was the 46th birthday of former Islanders defenseman Ray Schultz, the native of Edmonton, Alberta, drafted by the Ottawa Senators in the 8th round back in 1995. Always more of a defensive defenseman. Even in juniors, Schultz, a tough guy, had more than 200 penalty minutes in just 63 games back in 94-95, playing in the Western Hockey League. And never had more than 20 points in uh, one season uh, in junior until his last and third and final year when he had 34 points in 55 games. Made his NHL debut with the Islanders in 1997-98, playing in 13 games and picking up an assist. Played mostly in the minors but had cups of coffee with the Islanders in 1998-99. 1999-2000, 2000-2001, 2001-2002, and 2002-2003. But all of those cups of coffee only totaled 45 career NHL games. He hung around in the AHL through the 2005-2006 season before hanging up his skates. Did not score a goal. In his NHL career, 45 games, 4 assists, and 155 penalty minutes. Did play in two playoff games with the Isles back in 2002. Did not pick up a point. Had a pair of penalty minutes. We go back and remember one of the better games by Ray Schultz with the Islanders. December 29, 2000 at the Nassau Coliseum. The Islanders hosting the Atlanta Thrashers in this one and in goal for atlanta milan uh hinlicka while the islanders went with wade flaherty and it was the islanders getting on the board first gary galley his fourth from dave Scatcherd and mark lawrence just a minute 31 into the game islanders up early one to nothing Islanders extended their lead at the 7-10 mark of the first. Marius Tchaikovsky, his 11th of the year from our Islanders' birthday of the day, Ray Schultz. That made it 2-0 Isles. Then Mark Parrish goes to work, his 10th from Oleg Kavasha at 10-57. And then with the Islanders on a power play, Donald Audette of the Thrashers off for boarding. Parrish gets a power play tally, his 11th. From Tim Connolly and Marius Tchaikovsky at 12.35. Islanders with a big 4-0 lead after the first period. In the second, the Islanders' power play gets going again. And Tchaikovsky, his 12th. From Gary Galley and Mark Parrish at 8.44. 5-0 Isles, but they couldn't hold that lead entirely. Sergei uh, Vyshevich, his first. From Per Svartefet at 18.28 of the second period, made it 5-1. And then in the third period, with Taylor Pyatt off for high-sticking, Donald Audette a power play goal, his 19th from Steve Steos and Andrew Burnett at 14.29. That was all she wrote, though. Islanders win it by a score of 5-2. For our Islanders' birthday of the day, Ray Schultz, he was on the ice for 16 minutes and 10 seconds. He had two penalty minutes. He had the assist and was a plus one in this game. This game being one of his four career points in the NHL. So we're a day late, but happy 46th birthday to Ray Schultz, a, a, a player who'd never firmly established himself in the NHL, but still played 45 games in the best hockey league in the world. And he is our Islanders' birthday of the day. This road trip coming up is going to be very important for the Islanders. The last three games of this trip, you got off to a good start. You beat Ottawa. Nashville coming up next on Thursday. And, you know, road trips are never easy in the National Hockey League. It's hard enough to win any game, really. And the Islanders are going to need to play well it, it, it's it's one of those situations where you win this game. You, you, you get, let's say, six out of a possible eight points on this road trip. Uh, and you really sort of establish the fact that this year, this Islanders team is going to be a contender. And, you know, they're going to be in the conversation for one of the three guaranteed playoff spots in the East uh, Metropolitan Division. Or... Do they sort of start to fall back, and maybe they're only battling for a wild card? You don't want to start losing while you have this road trip. Nashville kind of struggling a little bit early this year, but Dallas and Toronto both playing well. This is a character test, and it'll be interesting to see how the Islanders handle it. And Lane Lambert, will he put Josh Bailey back into the game uh, on Thursday, or does he stick with Ross Johnston, or does he actually go back to Nikita Sashnikov on Thursday. These are things we'll discuss a little bit more on tomorrow's show, but uh, we'll see how Lane Lambert handles it. Thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever You get podcasts. Tomorrow, we will be back. We'll have our weekly farm report and all the latest Islanders news notes and happenings for you. Thanks again for listening and watching the Locked On Islanders podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Enjoy the win. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.